Welcome everyone. Today I'm going to present you 15 interesting facts about Tatmos III, the warrior pharaoh of ancient Egypt. He was the sixth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty and the son of Tatmos II and his wife Iset. History said about him that he was one of the greatest rulers of Egypt and that he was one of the most powerful emperors in history. Tatmos established the first Egyptian empire, which lasted for more than four centuries after his rule, specifically between 1479 BC until 117 before Christ. This empire, at its largest stretch of land, expansion or surface, stretched from Mesopotamia, from the northeast, to Nubia, in the south, and to modern-day Libya, in the west. Now, let's start to present the 15 interesting facts. First, his name means... His pharaoh name can be translated as Thoth is born, while his birth name, Menkefer, means eternal are the manifestations of Ra. As we can easily observe, both names are referencing to two of the most important gods of ancient Egypt, Thoth and Ra, the god of wisdom and writing and the god of sound. Fact number two. First part of his reign was dominated by Queen Hatshepsut. When his father, Tatmos II, died, his only son, Tatmos III, was too young to become the ruler of ancient Egypt. He was only three years old. The power vacuum was quickly exploited by Tatmos II's first wife, Hatshepsut, which was also the aunt and stepmother of the future pharaoh, Tatmos III. Although formally it was a coregency, in fact, Queen Hatshepsut had the, in reality the upper hand. She was in the dominant position. Hatshepsut ruled Egypt as a regent in the name of Tatmos III. Then, after a few years, she declared herself pharaoh, assuming full powers. Fact number three. He won. Tatmos III was responsible with the military affairs during the reign of Queen Hatshepsut. During the discoregency era with the Queen Hatshepsut, Tatmos receives a very good education. Most probably he was sent to a scriptorium near the temple of Karnak to learn how to read and write. It is not exactly known when he finished his studies at the temple and when he actually joined the military training in the Egyptian army. There are no records about his military training while he was a young pharaoh, but we can assume that it uh, implied rigorous and uh, demanding physically and physically training. Most probably, the young pharaoh had to familiarize with all combat arms, from infantry, archery, and even chariot fighting. 
In addition to learning the fighting techniques of the time, the young pharaoh probably taught to, was taught to survive even in extreme conditions and with little food. At the age of 16, at the orders of Queen Hatshepsut, Thutmose III was appointed the supreme commander of the Egyptian army. This position would help him later achieve complete power and acquire an immense popularity in his kingdom. Fact number four, Thutmose's rise of power to power. Before the discovery of Hatshepsut's mummy in 2007, by Egyptologist Zahi Hawass, followed by detailed investigations, many speculated on how Thutmose III managed to take full power from his aunt. Some experts have supported the idea of a military coup organized by Thutmose with the support, of course, of the Egyptian army, but this theory had failed with the discovery and analysis of the mummy of the pharaoh queen. The mummy analysis determined that he suffered from several diseases, arthritis, diabetes and even a form of bone cancer, and the experts concluded that most likely Hatshepsut had died from natural causes, thus there was no sign of violence on the mummy's body. This conclu in conclusion, prob most probably Thutmose III's rise to power was a peaceful transition, with no major opposition from the court or high Egyptian officials of the time. Fact number five. He won the Battle of Megiddo with an ingenious plan. When Thutmose III officially took the throne of Egypt, a coalition of Asiatic kingdoms, most important the city of Kadesh and the kingdom of Mitanni, tried to revolt and march against Egypt, believing that the empire was in a weak position. Thutmose, being a military leader, chose to deal with this enemy alliance in the field of battle. The result is the Battle of Megiddo in the year 1481 BC. According to various historical sources, the Egyptian army numbered between 6,000 to 20,000 troops. Most probably, the main Egyptian force was also supported by 500 chariots. The enemy force strength was estimated at around 15,000 troops, and they assembled near the town of Megiddo. Before the battle, Thutmose organized a war council with his generals, and discussed with his commanders the orders of battle. The Egyptian generals argued about three possible paths to reach the enemy army near the town of Megiddo. All Egyptian commanders wanted to choose from the two most easy paths to the main enemy army, because they feared that choosing the third path which was the narrowest, could reduce the marching, marching speed of the Egyptian army, and also it could be easily defended by the main enemy force if they were discovered in time. Most likely, 
Tatmos already made his decision before this war council. His orders were very clear, to march through the third narrow road and attack the enemy army. His decision, though very risky, would ultimately lead to a great victory for the Egyptian army. The enemy force was routed. But unfortunately for Tatmos, the Egyptian army failed to also completely destroy the coalition of Asiatic kingdoms in the open field of battle, and the enemy manages to take refuge inside the city of Megiddo and prepare for a long defense and siege. Tatmos was thus forced to lay siege to the city of Megiddo for seven to eight months until the defenders finally decided to surrender. This siege for the future of Egypt will mean the consolidation of the empire and expansion towards Mesopotamia, Syria and uh, large parts of uh, Asia. Fact number six. Tatmos was also a great hunter. According to the Annals, which is one of the historical sources important for the reign of Tatmos III, elephants were still present in Syria during the reign of the pharaoh Tatmos III. According to his own claim, he managed to take a huge herd of 120 elephants located near the Syrian town of Ni. It seems that the official version of events is not entirely true, because according to the writings of one of Tatmos's commanders, Amenenhab, he claims that he helped the pharaoh during his great hunting. For his support, this commander was rewarded with golden clothes, according to this claim, of course. It could be either, in this situation, propaganda, or you could choose, of course, to believe in Tatmos III's words. Certain is that elephants disappeared very short after the reign of Tatmos III from Syria. They became extinct very quickly. Fact number seven. One of the longest reigns in ancient Egypt. In total, Tatmos III ruled Egypt for 54 years. His reign lasted from 1479 BC to 1425 BC. In this time frame, it is important to mention that 22 years are represented by the co-regency era with Queen Hatshepsut. By comparison, if you want, the reign of Ramses II lasted for 66 years. Officially, Tatmos took all the power after the death of Queen Hatshepsut at the age of 24. But it's important to note that under the regency of the woman pharaoh, Tatmos III enjoyed an important degree of freedom and autonomy, meaning that he was not entirely a puppet of Queen Hatshepsut. If we separate the 22 years of co-regency rule, the total reign of Tatmos III will only be 32 years, which is still a long, a long reign for an Egyptian pharaoh. 
Fact number eight. Ancient Egypt reaches its maximum territorial expansion during Thutmose III's reign. Undeniably, Thutmose III was one of the great military leaders of the ancient world. He successfully organized and led 17 military campaigns without suffering any defeat. Maybe this number doesn't mean anything important, but let's place it into a historical context. 60 years before Thutmose III's reign, from Ahmose to Thutmose II, an Egyptian military expedition was organized once every ten and a half years. Between the official ruling years of Thutmose III, from 23 to 42 years, the great warrior of Egypt organized all 17 previously mentioned military expeditions, which means an average of one military invasion every one and a half years. In addition, during the last decade of his reign, Thutmose also invaded the kingdom of Nubia. During these campaigns, Thutmose and the Egyptian army captured 350 cities and plundered a vast amount of wealth. Thutmose III is often compared to Napoleon Bonaparte. It is important here to emphasize two aspects. Napoleon suffered several military defeats, Leipzig and Waterloo, namely, and at the end of his military career also meant the fall of his grand empire. Thutmose III not only did not suffer any military defeat according to historical sources, but during his reign, Egypt reached its maximum territorial expansion. Thutmose III's reign marked the transformation of Egypt from a regional nation to a superpower of uh, the ancient world. Fact number 9. Most of Cleopatra's needles were built during the reign of Thutmose III. Cleopatra's needles is a popular name given to three ancient Egyptian obelisks currently located in the modern cities of New York, London, and Paris. They were named in the honor of the Egyptian queen, but were not built during her reign. In fact, two of these grand obelisks, the one located in London and the one in New York, were built during the reign of Thutmose III in the city of Heliopolis. The height of each obelisk is of 21 meters, or 68 feet, if we do the conversion. Fact number 10. Due to his military genius and military campaigns, he is often called the Napoleon of Egypt. As a result of his great military victories, Thutmose is often compared to Napoleon Bonaparte, and is often called Napoleon of Egypt. During his 54 years rule, he captured 350 cities and transformed Egypt into a military power. Fierce and ingenious warrior, he proved quickly after taking the throne that he wasn't afraid of any battle. 
He also understood very well the importance of logistics and speed during a long military campaign. There is no surviving record of a battle in which the great pharaoh was defeated. This is however doesn't mean that he didn't suffer any defeat. The lack of any record about any military defeat could also mean that the official propaganda has done its best to cover up any defeat if one ever existed. Of course, this is the personal point of view. Unlike Napoleon, the reign of Tatmos III ended in glory. Egypt was a respected military and political power of its time. Fact number 11. Tatmos III started a vast architectural program. In most situations in history, military leaders are not often great builders at the same time. However, this is not the case with Tatmos III. With riches obtained during the military conquests, Tatmos III began the implementation of an extensive architectural program. It is estimated that during his reign, approximately 50 temples were either built from zero or have been consolidated or improved. The great temple of Karnak received special attention from the great pharaoh. The high post-style hall built during the reign of his grandfather Tatmos I was rebuilt. And for celebrating the said festival, the pharaoh ordered the construction of a jubilee hall. Fact number 13. He used an early form of cultural diplomacy. Let's first start with the basic definition of cultural diplomacy before trying to integrate the concept in Tatmos III's rule. The below definition is the most relevant for cultural definition. Cultural diplomacy may be best described as a course of actions which are based on and utilize the exchange of ideas, values, traditions and other aspects of culture and identity, whether to strengthen relationships enhance social cultural cooperation, promote national interest and beyond. Cultural diplomacy can be practiced by either the public sector, private or civil society. Without knowing, of course, the great ruler of Egypt used the cultural power of Egypt as a cultural diplomacy tool to consolidate its rule and influence. Tatmos III didn't limit himself to military conquest or military tools to consolidate his new kingdom. Tatmos also sought to gain the loyalty of his new subjects through other means, especially by taking hostage the sons of the local warlords he managed to conquer and bring them to Egyptian court educate them, attempt them to make them learn more about the culture, the traditions of ancient Egypt, then send them back to their own provinces, but this time as loyal servants to the pharaoh, by introducing them to the culture and other aspects of the Egyptian society, 
and hoping to gain their favor this way, unknowingly, Tatmos III practiced cultural diplomacy. If we took, uh, if he, we paid attention to the previous definition of cultural diplomacy, Tatmos III's strategy will prove so effectively that it will be later used by other important Egyptian pharaohs of the ancient world. Fact number 14. He was buried alongside other famous pharaohs. Tatmos III died in the year 1425 BC, at the age of 56, in unknown conditions. The mummy was deposited in a grave known by the codename KV-34. KV-34 in turn is part of a much larger mortuary complex known as the Royal Cache, where pharaohs from the 18 to 21 dynasties are also buried. And here are the most important mentions, Ahmos I, Tatmos I, Tatmos II, Seti I, Ramses I, and there are many other in Egyptian pharaohs who are also buried here. The tomb of Tatmos III, KV-34, will be discovered in the year 1881 by the French Egyptologist Victor Loret. When Tatmos I's mummy was first unwrapped by Emile Bruges, it was found in a very poor condition, because his grave was previously discovered and plundered by tomb robbers. Fact number 15. Controversy behind the defacing of Hatshepsut's monuments. Until recent times there was a popular theory among the majority of, of Egyptologists and archaeologists that the main responsible behind the destruction of the monuments and paintings with the image of Queen Hatshepsut was Tatmos III. And according to this theory, he did it because he wanted to take revenge against his stepmother, who took his throne through manipulation when he was a young boy. After several analyses and debates, the theory doesn't stand, primarily because there is no written source or official document to prove that Tatmos personally ordered the destruction of all monuments built by Hatshepsut. And there is another aspect worth mentioning here, as the pharaoh would want to use the destruction or this event to, in propaganda purposes, to legitimize his rule. Secondly, many of the destruction took place in the middle to the end of Tatmos's reign. And from here we wonder why he waited until then. If he wanted to take revenge on his stepmother, he had the opportunity when he took the power of Egypt in the first part of his reign. He didn't have to wait until then to take the revenge. And now the second part of this theory, which involves Amenhotep I, Tatmos III's son and successor, Egyptologists and specialists here consider that this campaign to destroy and deface the monuments of Queen Hatshepsut is part of a complex plan 
to legitimize the succession of his own son to the Egyptian throne. Probably Amenhotep I wanted to remove any potential claimants to the throne. Considered that he could uh, remove any representation of Hatshepsut in order to decrease the chances of any potential rival, thus securing his own succession. I hope you have found these 15 interesting facts about Tatmos the, uh, the Third informative and interesting. Have a good day.